that we don't live under the old covenant. It's important that we don't see God as our judge. Under the old covenant, it says there was a petition that was between man and man. We know Jews and Gentiles, they were at enmity with one another. And we know that there was a barrier between man and God, which was the law of God, which man continually broke, which separated him from God. When we come to the wonderful new covenant, the New Testament, when we come to what Christ did for us on the cross, it says in Ephesians, he separated the barrier between all men. So we're equal. No one is above you or beneath you. You're not better than anyone or less than anyone. There is equality with God, man to man. And also in Christ, in fulfilling the law, he did away with the law that stood against you. So now there is no barrier between you and God. He abolished it. He never abolished the law, but he abolished that which you had broken of the law. So you're not a lawbreaker anymore. He dealt with all that. And so there are now no barriers between God and man and between man and man. And to make it even better, God said, I love you so much because you have come to me in faith through Jesus, I will deposit Christ inside of you. He lives in you. God cannot love you any more or any less than he does at this moment. It is not possible, because that which he loves is the fact that Christ is in you. It is not possible for him to love you more. You cannot do more to please him, to cause him to love you more, and you cannot live in such a way that he doesn't want to love you anymore because he has deposited Christ within you. That's why we take bread and wine. Isn't that the body and the blood of Christ? Isn't that symbolic at its least that Christ lives in me? Christ living in me. When the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, he comes to steal what is inside of you, to deceive you, to tell you that you haven't got something that you've got, to trick you out of the life that lives inside you, the life of Christ that dwells in you. That's how he deceives us. When, when we were told to put on the full armour of God, that is not an external thing. That is internal truths, internal realities, truth and righteousness and peace and faith that dwell on the inside of us. And the enemy's job is to come and deceive you, to trick you out of believing that you haven't got these things. You haven't got Christ in you. Somehow God is external to you, judging you for the things that you do wrong, which is a complete lie because he just completely loves you for who you are. 
You say, well, what about when I do things wrong? You just give an opening to the enemy to come and deceive you and steal from you. It doesn't change God's love for you. God, is, God judged Christ in your place. I get this. See, this gospel is better than you think it is. Oh, I've been looking at it for a long time and it's better than I even think it is. This is a wonderful, wonderful gospel. God's love for me never alters. If I stand and scream at somebody and swear at them and do the vilest things to them, his love is not diminished by one degree. Do you get that? But the devil wants to steal from you. Would you like more peace in your life this year? Yes? Would you? No, don't answer. You know. Because you ain't going to get any more. You can't get any more peace. It's not possible because Christ, the Prince of Peace, lives inside you. So how can you get any more? How can you get more peace than Christ? He is peace. So when my peace gets threatened quite a lot, I seem to lose my peace. I get troubled, I get fearful, I get anxious. I've just explained to you, the devil comes to steal your peace. I wish I could have given this more thought. I was a whale last week, enjoying myself, so I never gave a lot of thought to this. But I did some homework last night. I'm sorry about that, but I go away too sometimes and have some fun. I wish I could have given it more time, but anyway, you're going to get what I've got. Um, peace is what you have. Are you at peace? I pick on people, you know that. You have peace, yes? Do you have peace at this moment? Yeah, yeah, not sure. You have peace? Okay, so you're not troubled. The status quo for Christians, perhaps for everybody, is to have peace. To live at peace. But if I come to you with a problem, with a trouble, and I bring fear onto your life, this thing that you had called peace goes. And you didn't realise you had peace until it disappeared. I've lost, I've lost my peace. See, especially for Christians, when you accept Christ, the Prince of Peace comes in and peace reigns in your heart. I remember a, a, a guy I worked with for some years. He was a bad man. Oh, bad man. Uh, he, he, was, he was a... I mean, he took lots of drugs and he stole. I mean, he would tell me stories that would terrify me about the police after him and Interpol and, oh, he was a terrible, terrible man. 
But God saved him. And in his testimony, he said he came out of this meeting, and it is a fantastic testimony, because he sat there, there were invitations going to receive Christ. And he thought, sounds right. And he felt the power of God lifting his arm up to respond to the appeal. And he went like this. <laughs> Honestly, he pulled it down physically and his arm went up again like this. And he thought, what have I done? He said he went out of that meeting that night and he was living with a, a woman uh, who is now his wife. He sat in the car and he said, for the first time in my life, I experienced peace like I'd never experienced before. Well, if you were constantly on drugs and constantly running from the police and constantly in trouble, I can understand that. And from a young age, he was a bad man. But he said, I never experienced anything like this peace that flooded my soul. He drove straight home. He went in the door. And the girl who is now his wife said, where have you been? He said, I've been to church. He said, pack your bags and go home to your mother. You cannot live with me anymore. He wasn't married to her, you see. He knew Christ had entered into his heart and not only brought a and a tremendous peace, but a revelation just in this aspect of how he should live. He said she packed her bags there and then, and he drove her to her mother's and deposited her there. See, at salvation, Christ comes in, and he comes in with the peace of God that passes all understanding. And the devil's job is to rob you of your peace. It says in John 14 and 27, before Jesus returned to heaven, he said, peace I leave with you. There's only one sort of peace, the peace of God. He said, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now that's clear to me. When he went, the Spirit of God came the spirit of peace. And when we receive Christ, that spirit of peace came into our hearts. And it says, I do not give as the world gives. The world gives you nothing. It gives you nothing. You have to work hard for everything in the world. Is that true? And even when you've got it, you have to work hard to Keep it. But not with God. He said, my peace, when you receive me, floods your soul. 
And the plan is, you never lose it. But the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What does he come to steal? The armor of God. Your understanding of what you have in Christ. I wish I knew everything I had in Christ. But I don't. I don't understand so much of what's available to me. The little bit I do get, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Do not let your heart be troubled. Rather than pray for peace, work on extinguishing the troubles. Understand? We pray, Lord, give me peace. He says, I can't, I've given it to you. What you need to do is don't let your hearts be troubled. Oh, I never thought of that. I never thought I'm working on the negatives. I thought somehow you could flood me, flood me with so much more peace that the troubles would disappear. No, there is no more peace for you. You have it all. You have it because you have him and he is the Prince of Peace. Wow. Jesus gives us some wonderful illustrations as he's dealing with his disciples. Now remember, the disciples lived under the Old Covenant. The Gospels is Old Covenant. It's not New Covenant. It's the Old. You have to read the letters to understand the teaching of the New Covenant. So the disciples lived under the Old Covenant teaching of God. Now they had a special anointing, a special unction was on them. I understand that. But they were like in this between place. Still under the Old, but enjoying something of the New and in the illustrations that Jesus gives us, he shows us some wonderful pictures of how peace is taken from us. I have found that if I am put in a place where something is put on me and I've, I've never done it before, and I don't think I have the, the skills to do it, I feel my peace going. You understand? I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. That's normal. But we have to protect ourselves and draw upon God's peace and grace. One day Jesus is preaching to a whole host of people, thousands of them. They've been with him all day, and at the end of the day, he turns to his disciples and he says, I think we now ought to feed them. And, and some of the disciples froze, you know, oh, he's put an expectation on me. Because he said, feed them. You know, sometimes God says, do this, and you go, oh, I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this thing.
You feel troubled. You lose your peace. How do you stop this happening? There's another situation where he is crossing the sea or the lake. They're going to deal with a gathering demoniac. The devil knows all about this, so he sends this tremendous storm. It's called a squall in the way. And it, it, it throws the ship all over the place and the wind and the waves and everything. And the disciples are in fear of their lives. What's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. The Prince of Peace is asleep. He's not tormented with the fear that Satan <coughs> is throwing against him. Have you ever had an attack from Satan? Oh, it's horrendous. I tell you, my poor wife, I've seen her sitting thinking she's going insane with the fear of Satan attacking. It's terrible. It's terrible. It can be more severe than this. I'll just take you to a passage of Mark 14. I want to show you where fear can, can break you. I mean break you. Mark 14, 66. I'm going to read from there. When Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with the Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entrance. You see fear. You see fear. There's no peace in his heart now. Oh, he was so brave in the garden with the sword and he's slashing at the, you know, the man's ear and he's cutting it off and Jesus is putting it on and then when they take him, they run in all directions. Fear. There's no peace in their hearts now. But he's come silently behind and he's standing at the entrance to where Caiaphas is holding the court. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. He denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are the one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Is that a demonic attack or not? Oh, that's demonic. He's going straight for the jugular, straight at him. He's in fear of his life. He's in fear of everything. It's gripping his soul. Immediately the cock crowed the second time. Then Peter, remembering the words of Jesus, had spoken to him, before the cock crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Satan defeated him. 
destroyed him. Took all the peace from his life and intimidated him to the point where he broke down and he wept. Have you been there? Have you let God down so severely that you just that I am your peace is gone in each of these I want you to look at Jesus the Bible gives us wonderful contrasts you're not the fisherman in the boat you're not trying to feed the 5,000 You're not Peter denying the Lord. All old covenant examples. Christ has entered into you. This is the potential now. Feed them. Feed them. Feed the 5,000. We can't do it. Bring me what you have. There's a peace that's in the heart of Jesus that he knows that God will not let him down. Excuse me. There's a piece of wire on this and it's got no thing on the end and it's itching my leg. (laughs) I don't have to put up with that when you're preaching, do you? Peace. Yeah, he's robbing me of my peace. Yeah. me neck. I'll put this on there without exposing my tummy. I'm not sure Jesus knew what to do. I'm not sure. But I, what I do know is he trusted the Father. And maybe as it was presented to him, It came to him what to do. Just break it and gave it. You don't need to know the answer. You just need to trust God. You understand? I've got all these exciting missions planned for me this year. Oh, it's going to cost thousands and thousands of pounds without a shadow of a doubt. I don't think anyone's got any money in Sri Lanka. I don't think so. Well, if they do, they don't give it to me. (laughs) Costs me an absolute fortune. But I'll go. And I'll trust God. And I'll be at peace. Because if God's called me, I'll get there. And I'll do it. And if he hasn't, then I won't. But I know God has everything taken care of. Christ slept in the boat while they screamed in fear for their lives. See, the word of God 
resided in his heart. He knew God like no other man knew God. He knew the word of God like no other man. He understood the moving of the spirit. You go, oh, that's it then. I have no chance because I'm not going to get there. But you don't need to know it all. You need to know that the Prince of Peace lives in here. Christ will always make up the difference for what you do not know. You do not trust in words, you trust in the person. Remember the man who says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. You come to me, the man who has all the belief in the world. And I will make up the difference. So much of the scriptures, I don't know. And when I read it, I don't understand what it's going on about. Great swathes of that Old Testament stuff. Jeremiah, what on earth is he going on about? I haven't got a clue. I'm sure it's beneficial to my soul, but I don't know what they're talking about. But the Prince of Peace, who knows it all, is the sentry who guards my heart. I don't need to know it all. I just need to know the man who knows it all. You understand? If you know him, he knows it all. He lives inside of me. Somehow he supersedes what I do not know and makes the difference. If our minds are stayed on him, he will keep them in, what does it say? Perfect peace. Not we understand everything, but that our minds are stayed on the Prince of Peace. Jesus is not angered by Peter. This one who was never going to let him down. All the others might desert you, but I'll never desert you. Look, I've got my sword. I'm, I'm your man. You've got always trust in me. Seeing the natural would go, <laughs> typical. Not Jesus. He restores him. You see, when he denies the Lord, it says, it says the Lord looked at him. Oh, have you ever seen that look? Have you ever felt it? You know what I mean? It's like he looks at him and he says, I warned you. I warned you. But it's all right. Because I haven't entered into you yet. But when I enter in to my church, they will not let me down. They will not lose their peace. You don't develop peace. You don't develop holiness. You just get rid of the bad stuff. 
You understand? The stuff that stops it. That's all. My last couple of verses. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Apparently there was a bit of a punch-up in the church. Uh, it says in verse 2, oh, of course we don't have punch-ups in our church, do we? Show me a church that doesn't have punch-ups in it. Well, I don't know, it's not on this planet. Eudia <laughs> and Syntyche, they were having a good old fight about something. They had obviously fallen out and it spilled out onto the whole church. Their peace had gone. And in verse 4, he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I say again, rejoice. He wants to show you how to maintain peace. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. Um, I went to the centre at about 8 or 9 o'clock last night. To, to get this together, okay? Uh, don't feel sorry for me. I love it, okay? Because as the thoughts start to roll, whoa! Thoughts start to roll. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. So there I am, oh, sleepless night, sleepless night. And I've written this message out, and, um, and then ideas come, and I write more, and I scribble things out, and I write more, and scribble things out, and I write more. I mean, it's a mess. It's, it's a total mess. There's more, there's more rubbings out than writing on there, I tell you. It's a total mess. So I'm up this morning, and these thoughts are still coming to me about this, this piece, and I'm thinking, oh, I haven't even got time, you know, because I've got to lay the table and prepare the dinner and do this, and that. No, shh, no. Okay. Anyway, I can't do it. And I, I go to have a shower, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, like, I can feel trouble. You know, like, will I remember anything I'm supposed to say this morning? Will, will, will it be there, you know? Rejoice. Rejoice. So I'm in the shower rejoicing. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I lost my peace. I, mean, I don't want to stand up here like an idiot, you know, and sound stupid and not give you what you've come for. I don't want to do that. And so my peace goes, but I rejoice, and my peace returns. See, I can't trust in myself. I only have to trust in the Lord. And where is the Lord? He's in here. See, Jesus has been preaching to you this morning. That's not arrogance. That is a reality because I can't, but he can, and he lives inside of you. You can't, but he can. That's a secret to never losing your peace. Rejoice always. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. Don't. It says not. Do not. 
as you rejoice, your anxiety starts to evaporate. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. Oh, Lord, help me with this sermon. (laughs) Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. With thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you inside of me, the Prince of Peace, can bring peace and resolve the situation. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Do you get that? You try and work this stuff out. It's impossible. How? How do you feed 5,000 people with no food? It transcends understanding. How do you quell a storm when it's kind of wild and the boat is sinking? It's beyond understanding. The peace of God transcends all understanding. He, Christ, will guard your heart and your mind. Christ inside you is like a sentry. He is standing guard over your heart and over your mind. And when the enemy comes to steal that from you and to destroy your peace, Christ the sentry stands in front of your heart and mind and says, Satan, you do not pass. If you're afraid... You've let him through. You understand? You've let him in. And once he's in and he's ravaging your mind and he's ravaging your heart, you're sinking fast. You have to call on the sentry of your soul. Jesus, rejoice in him. Prayer with petition and thanksgiving, and the sentry of your soul rises up to destroy the deceiver. You need never be afraid again. Your peace need never be stolen from you ever again. See, he won't do it for you. He'll do it with you. You cannot do it on your own, but he, the sentry of your soul, Christ Jesus, who guards your heart and mind, will keep the enemy at bay. You can have a year of peace because the Prince of Peace lives inside of you. Let's have a great year, shall we? Amen. God bless you.